Welcome back to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast, where we share experiences out in the field and educate others through landscapes, wildlife, macro, and more with other photographers from around the world. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about my trip to Florida. Um, Ryan's going to be interviewing me about it. Um, and, you know, we're happy to be back here. Uh, before we get started, we do want to remind you guys, uh, check out all our social medias. Uh, we've got Patreon. Um, if you'd like to support the show monetarily, um, we've got Instagram, YouTube, um, Spotify, all those various platforms. You could leave a review or um, leave a comment and anything like that be highly appreciated. Yep, definitely. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, maybe you could just start with uh, Henry just talking about where you went and uh, how long you're there and just go from there. Yeah, so I went to North Captiva Island in Florida. So I don't know if you're familiar with like the Sanibel and like Captiva Islands, Ryan. I don't know if you've heard of those before. Uh, no, enlighten me. <laughs> so um, it's basically it's down in Southwest Florida. So it's on uh, the Gulf of Mexico, um, which is nice. I've always preferred the Gulf of Mexico personally. Like it's it's less wavy, and um, I've always found it to be prettier, um, more like. Um, pretty beaches and like less like dramatic like weather conditions um so it's it's on the gulf and it is actually an island um and it used to be captiva is a pretty popular island uh, but north captiva it split in 19 i believe it was 1912 uh, during a big hurricane so it got completely cut off um, from captiva island um, so it became north captiva and I think in the fifties or so people came back and, uh, began to build houses on it. Um, and there are bridges to Captiva, but to North Captiva, there's no bridges. So you have to take a ferry out there. So I, I was pretty much glued to that one location, um, on the Island, uh, which actually was not a negative at all. It's, there was plenty of stuff to do there, plenty of stuff to shoot. Um, but you do have to take a ferry. Um, so I got down there on a, uh, a Sunday. Um, we had a lot of flight cancellations. I was originally supposed to get there on a Saturday, but uh, we did make it down on a Sunday uh, about midday. And um, as soon as I got there at the ferry port, I wasn't even on the island. At the ferry port, I saw a ready turnstone, hmm. uh, which was a lifer for me. Uh, Congrats. I, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, I quickly realized that those are very common uh, in Florida and they're everywhere. So I saw <laughs> probably like a thousand of those little guys. Um very very cute shorebirds and very very interesting behavior um and also at the docks of this ferry uh there were just pelicans and they they let me walk right up to them like they just did not care got you know like full frame headshots of these pelicans uh with like mangroves behind them um so like instantly i knew like this is going to be an amazing like photography trip um the cooperative nature of the birds um it's it's just crazy in florida you know, people talk about it as an amazing birding destination. Um, and I definitely agree with that. Not just because of like the variety of birds, but just the, the ability of these birds to just be, you know, in coexistence with the humans. I mean, it's crazy. Like, and I learned that right away. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Congrats to the lifers and everything with that too. Um, yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people do mention, I mean, I think we talked about on the show before on some episodes ago, um, about like perspective and everything. So like you're out traveling out of state and to, you know, the, you know, the average person, I guess that lives there in Florida, maybe like, eh, ruddy turnstone. That's 
like that's like your your gull or something or your your duck you know your average duck or you know just kind of like the same idea as like it's just always there but like to you it's like you're getting off this ferry and that's the first thing you see and it's just like sets you on this course for the trip of like all these life birds and all these cool photo opportunities yeah for sure and that that's a great point like um you know florida people they might find like a uh different types of sparrows rare because um, mm-hmm. they don't get a lot of those down there. So it's just, it's all about perspective for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. But I think even with these Florida common birds, they're like, they're so beautiful and they're just like, they're so interesting. Like even the goals there are different, you know? I mean, I'm sure we get some of the, the goals um, up here that we get, you know, down in Florida through migration and whatnot, but um, just kind of a wide variety in every flock of gulls I would see, um, you know, like, Franklin skulls and laughing gulls and all kinds of different ones. Uh, so even that was really cool. Skimmers, uh, you know, just really unique birds. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I was on the ferry. Um, yeah, I didn't really shoot anything on the ferry because, you know, it was kind of fast moving and whatnot. But uh, when I got to the island, I pretty much started shooting right away. I was just really excited and I had been stuck traveling for like 18 hours. So I was just like, I need to get out and shoot. Um, so right out, we rented a condo, um, and right outside the condo was an osprey just, uh, perched on a, a palm tree. Um, so that was pretty fun. Just kind of an initial thing to get me into the Island. Um, and then I found, uh, a pair of ibises. Um, and once again, they let me get right up to them. Um, you know, if you saw an ibis in Louisville, it would fly away instantly. <laughs> you got anywhere close to them. Um, and here in Florida, I could just get right up to it, um, uh, once again, that nice mangrove backgrounds, because that's what Southwest Florida is really, just a lot of mangroves, which is just a really pretty environment. Uh, so yeah, I got some brown ibises. They were white ibis as a species, but they they were the brown variety. Uh, I got those with some mangroves behind them. <laughs> uh, and I, I went right to the beach after that. Um, this was a cloudy day when I got there, which was pretty nice. So I could kind of shoot right when I got there and spend a couple hours getting to know the island. Um, I also, I found another lifer pretty much right away, a, a willet. Um, it's a larger shorebird, um, kind of more skittish. Um, you know, they're still very cooperative compared to like, um, migratory shorebirds, but, um, I was able to get some cool shots of them on the beach. Um, and there's just something magical about kind of laying eye level. Um, I brought my skimmer, like a little ground pod, like tripod thing. Um, and getting eye level down there is just amazing with the sand and the, the ocean as a background. Uh, it's just, there's no other look like it. It's, it's super cool. <laughs> That's a proper way to shoot shorebirds and other, you know, stuff like that too, I'd say. Oh yeah. <laughs> is it, ha- yeah, it, have you ever done that before with, uh, using like a skimmer or anything? I have before, um, but never for shorebirds. So I've, I've used it for waterfowl quite a bit, but not shorebirds and, Cause like I did a trip to South Carolina last year, but I hadn't really discovered perspective that much. Like I would, I would maybe get down to my knees or something, but I would wouldn't get as flat as I did here. Um, and I'll tell some stories later. You know, laying down on the sand is not always the safest thing in the world for gear and whatnot. Um, there were some casualties, um, but uh, it's it's worth it for the shot. So. <laughs> yeah, to some um, to some extent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and just the rest of the day, I, I played around with that cloudy lighting, um, did a couple landscapes because it, it was kind of some dramatic clouds and whatnot. So 
I was pretty happy with this trip too. Um, of course, there were a lot of birds, but I was able to kind of get back in the landscape ph photography, um, do some really interesting stuff there as well. I definitely did more wildlife, but I definitely did do a pretty good amount of landscapes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting to see with even with like your previous trips to like uh, Michigan and stuff, you like did lots of landscapes, and you're kind of just like in a variety of the you know the local scene from where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I don't really know when I'm going to return to this island. I'm sure I'll be back to Florida in the next couple of years, but probably another area. So it's good to kind of capture it all. So mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, how long did you yeah. say you were there? So I was there um, Sunday, um, a Sunday through a Saturday. Um, I had like half a day on the last day. So I, I got five full days of shooting with kind of a half on each end. So it was great. Um, there were maybe two cloudy days where I could shoot all day and I pretty much did shoot all day. Um, and the rest of the days were sunny, which was fine because you know, you need a break when you're shooting that much. So I would just shoot in the morning light. Um, I'd shoot in the evening light and it, it was honestly perfect. Um, so it worked out pretty well. Um, and yeah, so that, that was kind of day one. Um, and like I said, that was cloudy. Um, so I could kind of scout the Island a little bit. Um, the island is actually three-fourths nature preserve. Uh, and the first day, I didn't even go into nature preserve. I didn't really know too much about it. Um, I would wish that's my one regret. I wish I had gone into that preserve earlier. Um, it took me until about uh, Tuesday to really find, like, the magical part of the reserve that had, like, you know, like thousands of birds. Uh, but, uh, you know, I still got to explore... Uh, unique parts of the island the first couple of days so mm -hmm. what was holding you back from going there was it just you just weren't like aware of it or something well the, this island it's it's so there's only like like maybe 50 60 people that live on the island um so it's there's not any really trail maps it's it's really just you kind of have to find things yourself so the second day i went into the preserve but i actually didn't make it to the far end of the island I was trying to get there, but I had no idea how to get there. Um, so uh, I just kind of explored the, the center of the preserve uh, instead of kind of the, the far end. Um, but yeah, on that, on that second day, um, the second day morning, um, I got a little bit frustrated uh, because uh, I, there was kind of, there was a lot of warblers on the, on the island. Um but I actually didn't get any warbler pictures, which is totally okay because of some of the stuff I got later, like the shorebirds and um, kind of the, the wading birds. But uh, the warblers, I realized because of these thick mangroves and there was only one path, so it's really hard to get them. Um, I did see a northern perilla. That was a lifer for me um, for the first time. It landed on a branch right in front of me, but I accidentally switched my camera to manual focus and I, I missed a shot. <laughs> oh, um, no. But, so I was a little bit disheartened there. Um, but then right after that, I kind of forgot um, about all that because I found a tortoise. So this island has like hundreds of these big tortoises. They're, they're like huge. They're like they're like the size of like a snapping turtle, uh, but they're not snapping turtles. They don't they don't do that. They're very peaceful, very cooperative. So rather than the telephoto for these guys, I'd just take out my 1635 wide angle get some really unique shots with these tortoises with like the palm trees above and the, the sky above. Uh, so those guys were super fun to work with and just something you won't see pretty much anywhere. 
Yeah, so so wide angle hmm. is something Have you ever I shot really wildlife with that kind of focal length before. I, I did a good amount of that on this trip. Um, I'll get into some more examples later, but on that first day, I really tried some cool tortoise stuff. Um, it was just really cooperative, so it really allowed for that. Uh, and I, you know, I'd wish I'd done more wide angle. Like I, I did probably four shoots with a wide angle. I wish I'd done more, but um, the stuff I did capture with that is really cool. So very unique for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, congrats on the uh, the lifer with the parula, and then yeah, the tortoise is really cool. Thank you. Yeah, and there was there was another um, lifer too. It was a um, a viri. Mm. I think it's called a viri. Yeah. Yeah, thrush. Uh, uh is it a thrush? Yeah, it's a type of thrush. I'm not sure. Pretty sure. Okay. Could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, it's a theory. A viri. Once again, landed right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really my camera's fault. It's my fault. I just wasn't prepared. You know, sometimes <laughs> when those birds come right up on you, you just, you scramble. Oh, yeah. Um, and you miss the shot. Yeah. So. Yeah, sometimes the moment happens so fast. It's like, what can you really do? Uh-huh. You know, if you're yeah. if you're lucky to get a good shot, is it composed well? Or is the lighting even right? You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. stuff like that can happen, especially in the moment when it's like the thrill and the excitement's, you know, going off at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. So my uh, my first gear casualty occurred that morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, I discovered the beach um, on of the preserve, which is really cool. Um, and I was shooting shorebirds, and it was kind of partly cl- partly cloudy, so I waited for the sun. It was harsh light at this point, but I waited for the sun to go behind the clouds, and I shot some cool um, sanderlings and uh, sandpipers. Um, amongst the seaweed which is really cool so like when you lay down it doesn't look like ugly seaweed it just looks like beautiful green kind of textures um and i kind of got their little heads popping up um so i I worked with stuff like that uh but unfortunately uh being a you know not an ocean dweller um i forgot about tides so i had my binoculars uh (laughs) set like down the beach a little bit um, and the tide took them, so I oh. lost my new pair of binoculars. Are you serious? Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> um, to hear that. It's it's all right, but uh, <laughs> it was worth it for the shots. Honestly, like I, I wouldn't trade it. You know, I may have missed something if I was paying attention to my binoculars. Um, I'm lucky it wasn't something worse. Uh, that's... But that's just a good note for anyone out there. Um, for the rest of the week, pretty much, I put my bag up where the by the dune grasses. Uh, you know, in that grassy area, you know the water doesn't reach up there, and that's really the only safe part of the beach. Um, that and behind it, because if you get to the all sandy part, that means at some point, uh, you know, water's been over that. So um, that's that's a good recommendation, just mm-hmm. so you don't lose your gear. So yeah, am I visualizing this right? You said okay, so like you're you're on the beach, right? But then your binoculars are like ahead of you, like closer to the water. Is that what you meant? No, they were actually. Um, actually like behind me so I oh wow okay I wasn't afraid the waves were pretty low this day so I let the waves kind of like come up so I was using the skimmer so my camera was elevated mm-hmm. um, I had the rain cover so I wasn't afraid to have the waves kind of come in um so the binoculars were like a little bit up the beach from me like um like vertical well not vertical but like it's hard to explain with directions but they were like to the right of me okay if I'm facing towards the the water, yeah, um, and, and they were up a bit, but that wave was far enough up that it was able to grab them, and just kind of pull them out. Mm. But since it was behind me, I couldn't see it. So, uh, okay, yeah, okay, uh huh. 
So that's that's just a good note. I mean, I'm sure you know all the more tropical photographers understand this. Um, it's just something you have to realize. Like I, I shoot around Michigan at the lake all the time, but the tides there really aren't major tides, so I'm just not used to that. Um, so it's just it's a good thing to learn. Good learning experience for sure. <laughs> yeah. What what pair of binoculars were they? Um, they were the shoot. Uh. I do not. I cannot remember for the life of me. Oh, okay. Okay. As long as I got them as a gift. Um, they were they were pretty nice, like a hundred twenty dollar pair. Oh, okay. Um, they were they're like eight by forty, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I was gonna say as long as it's not like a pair of like Zeiss or Vortex or mm-hmm. Swarovski or something. You know. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah. That'd be terrible. So did you do the rest of the trip without binoculars and just like using your telephoto to like look at birds and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it worked out pretty well because um, there's a voice crack. Okay, um, it worked out pretty well because uh, you know I mostly shot in a beach environment. You don't really need them. Like the birds are so close to you and they don't care, so you can really spot them just by eye only. I wear glasses, so I I can pretty much see all the details and kind of ID the birds like that. So yeah, that's fair, and they're probably. I mean. I would imagine they're a lot more out in the open too compared to like a woodland or something or even a wetland to some extent. Yeah. And you know, normally if I was like shooting in Louisville or something, I'd have the binoculars around my neck. Um, but um, in, you know, Florida, when you're laying down on the beach, you can't really do that. It gets annoying. You know, if it's kind of like dangling as you're laying down. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had it set aside. You know, normally it'd be always beyond me, but in Florida, you know, you don't want to get it sandy or anything. So you, try to set it to the side or something so mm-hmm. i bet that skimmer also helped with keeping sand off of your camera too right well yeah kind of <laughs> oh no i mean when the tide came in no <laughs> no it's not a, it's not a bad story but every every night uh, my camera would be covered in sand i mean mm-hmm. like even with the rain cover like this is probably the finest sand i've ever been around so the sand got everywhere so i just would have to do spend about 45 minutes every night cleaning it mm-hmm. um but really, I wouldn't trade it for the world with all the sand. I mean, it was worth it. It really for the shots I got, it was insane. Especially later in the week, like once I really got my bearings on the island, it, it was awesome. So, right. And as weird as it sounds, like using your camera gear and everything out in the elements, kind of like reminds you about taking care of it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, it goes, oh, yeah, for sure. like this is a fragile piece of equipment that gets me what I want—the photo, the image. Uh-huh. But like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never been in quite a sandy environment like that, but I can only imagine. Yeah, and also I I just invested in you know like more expensive photo equipment, and it's it's supposed to survive in those kind of conditions. So, and it pretty much did hold up. Um, so it you know it, I knew it could survive it. I just I still was careful, you know, using that rain cover. Uh, but there's nothing you can do to keep sand out of there. I mean, it'll get in there no matter what. Yeah, so it's almost inevitable yep. as long as you don't switch lenses or something like that. Horde. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the so the next night, um, that's Monday night, um, that same day of the binocular shoot, just in the evening, um, I we went with some uh, family friends, so there was like a birthday party there, so I didn't have a lot of time to shoot that night. That's really the only night I didn't like go out somewhere for sunset, um, but I took my camera, of course, because how could you not on an island? Um, and the the birthday party like event was by a pond. Um, there was a flock of about probably 15 ibises um these were more of the white variety um and there was a super pretty light just kind of soft diffused light coming through the clouds 
um, on these kind of curvy trees. It's probably my favorite ibis shots I got. Um, just really unique. There was a lot of background separation, and I, I really just love the curvy branches. So that was fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much day one, my first full day. Um, day two, um, we rented a boat, uh, my whole family and the, the family we were visiting. Um, so we went to a nearby island. Didn't do a lot of shooting there, but I did visit like this this famous manatee hole. Um, and I got to see a bunch of manatees. It's it's really hard to photograph. You, you can't really, honestly, because they, they mostly stay in the water. Uh, but just a really cool experience. I've never really seen too many manatees before. And there were like 20 in this one little area. So that was awesome. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Would you ever go back and like shoot them with like your camera in like an underwater housing? So I wouldn't go to that particular location because it has crocodiles. Oh, um, okay. Because it's, it's brackish. So it's a mix of fresh and salt water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the island itself also has tons of manatees, so I'd definitely do it there. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, was that mm-hmm. was that kind of like on your itinerary for the trip, or was it just like a like a side thing that was a little bit of su- uh, surprise? Yeah, that was that's been on the itinerary for a while. It was super cool. We we stopped at a couple different islands. Uh, we also stopped at a sandbar. Um, I did some wide angle goal stuff because uh, it was harsh light, so. Maybe not the best for long lenses, but with that um, wide angle, I could do some really cool stuff. You know, getting like the landscape around the sandbar um, with like a, a single goal in it. Like that's probably my favorite shot from that shoot. Um, just kind of a really cool thing to play around with. Yeah, and it's neat that you're experimenting with, uh, even when you're like at a location outside of maybe your element, you know, someplace new mm-hmm. at least. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to do, I mean, this isn't photography, but I was able to also snorkel a bit, kind of enjoy looking at the underwater landscape and just kind of seeing all that stuff down there. So <laughs> right on. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. How, how was like maybe the habitats, like what was your favorite or like the shoot in or just be in like overall? Ooh. Um, I mean, probably have to be the beach just, um, mm-hmm. I'll get into it in a minute, but like the, the preserve beach, like way down on the Island was super wide, super stunning. Um, provided some great opportunities, but, uh, I'll circle around to that um, in a bit. It's, it's really cool. So Sounds good. Yep. Um, that night, we didn't boat all day, so I had time to shoot sunset. Um, and I got probably my favorite image from the trip. Um, so I was shooting on about halfway down the island on a preserved beach. Um, this wasn't the widest beach in the world, but that's actually kind of nice for shorebirds. So you can it kind of pushes them towards you um, because the, the beach is thinner. Um, I was just kind of shooting, um, waiting for sunset. Um, I think it was probably about 30 minutes until sunset. Um, this, uh, the side of the island, the beach was on, they would have been backlit. Um, but they were kind of side lit at this time, just based on the angle of the sun. Um, and I got, this was very random. I was just photographing a, um, I think it's a marbled godwits. I'm pretty sure it's either that or a willet. I think it's a godwit. Another lifer, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it, it took off and flew right towards me. And somehow I got all the shots in focus. So I got a shorebird in flight image, pretty much full frame with the beach and the water behind it with pretty light too. <laughs> so I was just like, wow. I was, I was just like, it was amazing. It was great. Flying so. towards you too? Yep. Flying straight towards me. Uh, catch light in the eye. Just uh, perfect. Dude. <laughs> yep. 
And as we're recording yeah. this, I'm not having any like visual of it, so I'm just like imagining this, and I'm like, dude, that's like the way you're painting this picture sounds so cool. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I do have to give credit to my R5 because with that eye, I had the eye tracking on, so it just found the eye and just boom. Like if I was using a focus point, never would have gotten it. So. Right, right. It wouldn't even be fast enough yeah. to even like know what mm-hmm. to get onto the focus yeah i'm lucky i was using a fast shutter speed too i shouldn't even been this high but i was on like 2000 for stationary subjects for like no reason (laughs) Um, but because of that in case they fly uh, i got that well i wasn't even thinking that way but okay (laughs) after the trip uh after this shot you know i was like i'm always shooting this high Mm -hmm. yeah so that's um yeah that that was a good night too even without that like it it was super wavy um, so I got like the shorebirds with these waves coming in behind them. Um, but I, I was still having some trouble with backlighting when it was like super, super low in the sky with the sun. Um, that's hard. Like you, you see it a lot on Instagram, um, but it's it's so hard to do. Uh, I Eventually, by the end of the week, I really learned how to do it. Uh, but I, I did struggle that kind of that first attempt at it. So. Yeah, but it's also nice because, like you said, you had about like a five solid days of shooting, and that allows you so mm-hmm. much time, especially if you're like you're central in the same area to like kind of like experiment, like you had been, and uh, really kind of like oh yeah, for sure, you know, perfect the technique. Mm-hmm. So the next day was um, Wednesday, and this was kind of my the day that I discovered my favorite part of the island, which is the the far end of the preserve. Um, it's a super super beautiful beach. Um, it's a it's a two mile hike out there. So I got up early one morning. I just, I said, I'm going to hike and I'm going to see what I can find. I went a different way that I did the previous times in preserve. And I discovered this wide, wide beach, stunning visuals. I mean, it was just, there was no houses out there. Uh, these beautiful yellow flowers, mangroves, palm trees. Um, I mean, it was stunning and the shorebirds were just numerous there. Um, there were, Let's see, there were black-bellied plovers, marbled godwits, willets, all types of sandpipers, um, ready turnstones. I saw one red knot, which was really cool. Didn't get a picture, but I saw one. Um, I think that's it, but there were so many. They were everywhere. Like There were hundreds on this beach, um, and there was no one out there. So the first couple of days when I was shooting shorebirds, I was having the problem of people walking down the beach and scaring them off. Um, but down here, since there was no one, they really didn't care about people and they would come right up to your lens. And when I say right up to your lens, like they would basically be in the lens hood at some points. <laughs> they, they just did not care. Like wow. uh, they would literally circle around you and just like, you know, feed and just hang out. And they were kind of some of the most peaceful birds I've ever met. So <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Um, cool. so yeah, I discovered that that first morning, um, or that Wednesday morning, I got to shoot them in beautiful um, morning golden hour light. Um, and then uh, the light got too harsh. So I went back, you know, I, I did, I was able to relax on the island, you know, swim and everything. So because of that harsh light, I didn't feel like I had to shoot all day, um, but I knew I had to come back at sunset. So I, I went back at sunset. Um, I put myself in the right position. And I, I nailed those backlit sunset shots. Um, you know, the silhouette stuff. I didn't get like the sun in the frame because of how high the waves were. Um, but I actually liked that look better because you can see the reflection of the sun on the waves and it, like made all this bouquet. 
um, with the shorebirds in the foreground silhouetted. So it was super cool. That's awesome, man. Gosh. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a dream shot for me. That the the silhouette with the sunset colors. So. Mm-hmm. Then maybe like I bet. Go ahead. I uh, just I've I've been visualizing that for years, so it was great when it paid off. So. Oh yeah, for sure that one, and then like like if you did get the sun in the frame, you could have it like with the the subject basically placed upon it. Uh huh. Like way everything. I actually lines did up. not. I did not get the sun in the frame. Um, the beaches were all curved, so it's nearly impossible to get like pure eye level mm-hmm. on these beaches um, without you know going deep in the water. Um, so I. Which was fine, honestly. I, I worked with it, and I, I'm happy with what I got. But it, it's pretty much impossible <laughs> at this place to do that effect, which is pretty interesting. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how were, like, the wading birds? Like, did you see lots of, like, herons, egrets? Um, I'm guessing. Is there any, like, wetlands that you visited? Like, wetland habitat? Um, yeah, so I um, I discovered on my last full day, which was Friday, a wetland. Um, and I saw another lifer. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. It's a model duck. Uh, I've heard uh, of it. Yeah, so it's only found in the Gulf of Mexico, which is super cool. They're fairly common there, but you know, like I said, they're only in that area. Um, and these were very skittish birds. They, since they were on the preserve side, they probably didn't know like my intentions. Like, I mean, they, they probably don't encounter a lot of humans. This nature preserve seemed like nobody ever went there. Um, so I did kind of have to hide in a bush with like my teleconverter, um, but I, I did get some good shots, eye level. Um, you know they they look a lot like mallards, but they have this kind of distinct black eye stripe and then these very bright red um, feet. So um, you could definitely tell they're not mallards. So that that was fun. So mm-hmm. did you know right off the bat that was a model duck, or did you think maybe I don't know? I, I doubt it in a nature preserve, but like maybe it was like a domestic, like a hybrid type of mallard. Yeah, so it, it definitely wasn't domestic. Um, I'd seen reports on eBird. Um, there are a couple birders who seem to live on the island. They'd reported the model duck, and I, I did my research kind of before. Um, it definitely was modeled, which was super cool. That's cool, though. That's a really good find, yeah. Did you, mm-hmm. you, I'm guessing you used lots of eBird and checklists um, during the whole trip. So that that's actually interesting. Like eBird was barely used. Um Really? So the model duck, I looked at reports from last year. Um, they're actually the last report on eBird was like, like three months ago in that place. So there's not a lot of people on that island. Like there's maybe a couple birders that have been there in the past year, um, but it's not like a popular destination just because uh, there's only like you know limited amounts of homes to rent out there. So mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take a ferry to get out there, so it's really kind of isolated, which is nice. So I, I just know the, the shots are unique to me, pretty much. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's something exclusive, and it's almost like, I don't want to say hard to access, but like very few people do at that, too. And as far as I know, there's never been like a, a bird photographer on the island, which is, is pretty cool, Like a, hmm. at least in the modern era. Uh, the birders on the island, they seem to just kind of take documentary shots, you know, just to show that they saw the bird. So, right, right, that makes sense. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the wetland habitat was cool. Um, the wading birds, um, there weren't a huge amount of wading birds. I, I think because of the size of the preserve, uh, I'm sure they were back in the mangrove somewhere, but that that's pretty much inaccessible. Um, but I, I was plenty occupied with 
what I had. Um, but I did find um, a great blue heron um, on Thursday. Um, and this guy let me get right up to him once again. Which I bet is crazy to you because I'm sure <laughs> just like in Louisville, the great blue herons fly at the quickest sight of you. Like they're, they're gone. Like they're mm-hmm. just out of there. Yeah. Uh, he let me go right up full frame portraits, um, beautiful golden hour backlit. Um, so that was cool. Um, I got an osprey. Um, I found an osprey nest. There were osprey nests all over the island. Um, but I found one uh, that was fairly eye level with babies that you could actually see. So I photographed this osprey nest with babies. I stayed a safe distance. I, I used my teleconverter, but I was able to kind of zoom right in there, get all the babies popping up um, with the mom as well. Super cool. Um, I've, I've seen osprey before, but I had never seen the babies before. Um, and something unique about the babies is they have orange eyes uh, versus the yellow eyes, which makes a really interesting look for sure. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder how many birds look like that, you know, younger versus older. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, and this osprey, uh, the mom flew away from the nest at one point, landed right next to me on a tree. So I got full frame portraits of an osprey in golden light, <laughs> which is amazing. So, <laughs> Isn't it crazy yeah. how like all these things are just unfolding to you? It's like, uh-huh. it's like serendipitous, like how much, like how, almost how easy it is maybe a little bit, like... Oh yeah, it felt surreal. like a cheat code. Yeah. Yeah, cheat code. Yeah. <laughs> Photography cheat code. Yeah. Florida These Florida birders, I mean, they they have it easy. <laughs> Probably a little Obviously, bit. Obviously, there's still a, a lot of skill, but I mean, they they have an advantage, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder why is it just? Do you think it's like the birds are just more like habituated to human activity because like the beaches in particular with like shore birds, or do you think it's just I don't know being by the ocean or something? I just think so many people in Florida are like interested in birds, I guess that they, they just get, they just kind of grow to know that humans aren't out to hurt them. Um, you know, maybe the, the reason those ducks were skittish is because they've maybe been hunted in the past or attempted to be hunted. Uh, but you know, these shorebirds and herons, you know, it's kind of illegal to hunt them. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that's it, but I, I mean, I really don't know. It's just a magical place i guess yeah i guess maybe in the case of like the shore birds because they do like that's their habitat right and like so many people go to the beach yeah it's like they just kind of get familiar i guess with the people that go there and stuff and you know just integrate i guess in a way that's like yeah they're they're not so bad like you said they're harmless Mm -hmm. yeah for sure Mm -hmm. except for the dogs though the the shore birds were terrified of dogs as Mm -hmm. they should be because those those you know Domestic dogs will rip rip apart the shorebirds. So. Jeez, yeah. I imagine they probably chase them a lot too. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was happy to find that preserved beach because you know there were no dogs down there. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I spent pretty much the rest of the trip shooting the preserve, uh, just all kinds of unique stuff. I did another backlit shoot, which was even better. Um, I did wide angle sunset stuff. Um, with a group of a uh, group of marble godwits, that was super cool. Um, I found a one-legged, buff-breasted sandpiper. Uh, he was hopping around. It's it's kind of sad, but also kind of funny to see him hopping around like that. Uh, not sure how that happens, but uh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it kind of tells a story too. Like people may see like, oh, it's a buff breast sandpiper, but like, oh, where's its one leg at? You know, it makes you wonder a little bit, maybe what happened to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I had I had fun shooting on the beach, but also, um, you mentioned the wetlands. Like these wetlands and tidal pools would also get some shorebirds in there. Um, and rather than the typical ocean background, you got some more colorful, uh, you know, plants. You know, because Florida it does experience seasons still. So the plants were kind of on fire with purples and reds and oranges. So that was cool. Um, I also, I worked with the pond a bit more, a couple different days. Um, got black crowned night heron. Uh, Yearbird for me. I saw it last year in South Carolina. Uh, but it, it was good to see that again. Um, and that was very early in the morning before sunrise. So it's not going to be the best photos in the world, but um, good experience to see them. Um green heron uh, super skittish here which is pretty weird because um, in michigan there's a bunch of green herons and they let me get right up to them uh but here they're very scared of humans i don't i don't know why but um, i was able to get some cool green heron stuff mm-hmm. just took some time and patience so. right yeah must be the same green herons that visit ohio because it's like they will they pretty much fly away at the first sight of you too oh wow yeah mm-hmm. um my favorite green heron shot was I shot through a bush um, and it got, there was some like really unique textures. You know, it's not going to be in tack sharp focus because it was through something, but it's super unique and I really like it because it, it kind of shows the elusive nature of the green heron. So, Yeah, that, that's a great way to like really tell more about the bird's like, I don't know if you call it personality or behavior at that, you know, because mm-hmm. they are much more smaller size waiting bird and the, yeah, they are very elusive and you know, quite frankly, hard to find in a lot of cases because they do blend in mm-hmm. so well with like their environment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got Inhingas, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite birds, just super weird the way they kind of move around. Um, have, have you ever seen an Inhinga? Not in person, no. I've not. Yeah, at, I, w- I would look for them um, in Ohio because, I mean, I know we get them in Louisville, so I'd assume they'd make it up there. Um, yeah, they're, think... they're super unique. They've kind of got like the snake-like movement and super cool. Mm-hmm. I think they're elusive. Like, in the, I mean, they're around in numbers, but like it's not like obviously the most common bird, especially even during like migration. But yeah, I, I know they're yeah. around and there's been sightings, especially like Southwest mm-hmm. Ohio, but um, no luck there at least yet. They're very skittish too. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Florida and I'm sure up north they're even worse. So yeah. Did you see any bitterns at all? No, no. Oh, um, bummer. I don't think that island's proper bittern habitat. There's not a lot of like tall reeds going into the the marshes. It's more all it's more mangrove. Um, okay. So I don't think there are really bitterns on the island. Um, I may have caught a glimpse of a cattle egret, but I really don't know. It could have been a great egret. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a smaller one or one that's hunched over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard yeah. to tell. And then, you know, versus breeding plumage or all that kind of, you know, those details too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it was a little bit sad on the black-bellied pro- plover. It was not in its breeding plumage, so it wasn't black um, on the face. Uh, but they're still really unique because they've got the big eyes. But um, it wasn't like peak breeding plumage for uh, the birds, which was fine. But, you know. Mm-hmm. for what it's worth yeah was there any like goal shots you had in mind or like like birds you wanted to see in particular 
So I, I got my goal of kind of the backlit stuff. Um, I did have a goal of finding and photographing a tricolored heron. I did not get that, unfortunately. I, I just didn't see one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to photograph waterfowl in kind of the Florida environments. I got to do that with the mottled ducks. Um, so that, that was awesome. Um, and I had one more goal um, of finding a owl. And this is this is kind of unique. Um, I I I posted one thing on social media about it, but not much else. Um, so the day we left um, the islands, we had a little time, um, and the islands actually only about twenty minutes away once you get off the ferry uh, from Cape Coral, Florida. I don't know if you've heard about this place, but it is the burrowing owl capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time, but I did some advanced research. Uh, I was able to find a burrowing owl nest, and I got the burrowing owls in golden light. So, mm. yeah, it was a great way to cap off the trip, and I got that goal of shooting an owl in Florida. So That's awesome. Yeah, I know that's, like, one of the best spots. And when I heard – when you first told me about your trip and going to Florida, I was like, oh, man, I hope he sees the burrows. Yeah, I, I almost saw some on the island. I found the nest, but they never came out. Um, so I knew I had to go to Cape Coral and get them, and it, it was awesome. And just literally in the middle of a, a public, um, like a or a for sale uh, lot, there was like three burrowing owl nests just right there. They mark them, um, so nobody builds on them or steps on them. Um, and they they came right out because it it was dusk, so they were active. They weren't feeding or anything. They were actually just sitting there. I put my teleconverter on because they're tiny, like compared to a barred owl. Like the, probably like six of those would make one barred owl. Like I, I can't even explain how small they are. Like they're like the size of almost a songbird. Um, probably comparable to like a screech owl or a, probably more like a sawwet owl. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, probably sawwet. Yeah, or even smaller than a sawwet almost. Elf. Um, Elf owl. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, and the photos I've seen in the past, I could never really tell the scale. Like I thought they were much bigger. Um, so, but using the teleconverter, I was able to get nice and close up while still maintaining a distance. Um, I got that nice yellow eye, um, and some beautiful habitat, even though if it, even though it was in a neighborhood, I was able to lay down and compress it enough to where you couldn't tell. So, right. Um, that was, that was just a great way to cap off the trip. So that's awesome. That was like the last day you said, or one of the last days. Yep. Um, we the last night we stayed in the airport hotel. And we were on the way to that hotel. So that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on too, yep. but it sounds like a good time. Oh yeah, it was. I, I did a lot. I did a lot of shooting. Um, filled up every single one of my SD cards because uh, I, I don't have anything to transfer my files yet. Like I don't have a laptop. I'm gonna be getting one soon, but. Um, mm-hmm. I just I brought all my SD cards, filled up every single one, <laughs> uh, which is about. 10,000 photos. Um, a lot of them are keepers. Um, so, um, yeah, I did a ton of shooting, had some fun too, you know, just nice swimming and snorkeling and just kind of, I did some bike riding, kayaking, just enjoyed the Island as well. Um, so it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really soaking the sights and everything too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do want to mention real quick, the, the one other casualty I had, and this one's pretty sad. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty mad about this but it's my own fault i I was being dumb um so i was shooting shorebirds um i was kind of faced um with the 
the ocean to my left. I was kind of face parallel on the beach. Uh, if that makes sense. Like I was more sideways rather than looking straight at the ocean. Um, and I was shooting, um, and I had my rain cover on, but it wasn't fully covering my camera part. Um, a rogue wave came in, splashed my, uh, my battery grip, um, battery grip didn't break instantly. Um, but the next day I was shooting, um, and every time I would turn on the little, you know how there's a switch to use the buttons on a battery grip Mm -hmm. on off switch. Yeah. So every time I would turn that on, my camera would become inoperable. I could take a picture on my camera, but I couldn't change the aperture, review my pictures, anything like that. Um, so it turns out my battery grip was like fried by by the salt water, oh. uh, which is pretty frustrating because it's a it's a three hundred dollar grip, um, not cheap of course, but um, yeah. So it was just a rogue wave, and I'm lucky if I didn't have that grip on, it would have hit my camera, um, and that probably would have busted my camera. So, um, but just a little bit of salt water, and it. it tore right through that battery grip so mm-hmm. that's unfortunate man yeah and especially using it the next day I, I i i don't know i'm not a master electrician but i imagine it would like short circuit your camera maybe with you know yeah i was so nervous it would do that so i instantly took it off that's um, good yeah good idea yep yeah. and actually i i did discover though that I, I like my camera better without a grip um it's a lot lighter um and it actually helps me balance it on my my gimbal head better without it so um, I do, I do have that grip insured, so I'm gonna try to get um, some money for it, and maybe just not buy another one and invest in a, a new L bracket or something, or because um, you know I bought an L bracket for the battery grip and not the small camera size, so maybe I'll invest in that or something, but and a new pair of binoculars. But <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah, battery uh-huh. grips are nice though to have for that vertical shooting, like especially when handheld. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do add a lot of like bulk and weight to the uh-huh. in the camera and lens yeah you really don't realize how much weight it is i mean it's a lot like it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a hefty amount with two big batteries in there and everything so mm-hmm. but yeah. you know that was my big major casualty of the trip um but it was honestly worth it you know the shots i got um you know i've got enough content to post daily for the rest of the year at this point <laughs> with all the shots i got That's, um, yeah. i'm just really That's i'm great. really proud of it it's just kind of the I've never been able to really shoot shorebirds like this, so I'm just really proud of my work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not many opportunities up here, so it's like perfect reason to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Did you shoot any video at all? Oh yeah, I should I should have mentioned that. Um, I didn't vlog um, just because I don't know. I don't really like it. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> um, I don't think it's me. Um, but I I'm going to put together a video series. I did a bunch of clips of all the animals. Uh, did some tortoise videography. I did a bunch of shorebird stuff. You know, got some flying osprey. You know, just all kinds of stuff. I tried to, you know, once I got a certain amount of shots, I tried to switch over to video video mode and work with that for a while. And it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty seamless with cameras nowadays. Just kind of switch over. So um, I'm glad I did a good amount of that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, much in the same way as shooting a, like a photo, really. You know, especially if it mounts it on a tripod or something mm-hmm. or a skimmer, and you get some nice yeah. B roll of it. A lot of the time, I just use the same uh, composition too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So, I've done that before yep. too. Yeah, that'd be cool to see that slideshow though. Yeah, um, I'm gonna do something like 
I don't know what I'm going to do quite yet, but um, I'm going to try to like mix in on my Instagram feed clips every once in a while from the trip uh, and do maybe a, a YouTube series about my trip or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, I did 60 frames a second. You know, I didn't really have enough storage space for that super high slow-mo stuff, but 60, you know, is a little bit slowed down and it shows the motion nicely. Uh, so it should, it should be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 60 frames is still pretty buttery smooth. I would say like, especially mm-hmm. for nowadays yeah, for sure. and for streaming from YouTube, it's like, or Instagram, even it should work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I'm so glad I went with the R5 for this trip. Like the, uh, the eye autofocus, yeah, it's not the best on like, uh, you know, birds in like forest environments, but when you put it on a, a beach with the shorebirds, I mean, it locks on instantly nails every shot you know it's just it's amazing how far the technology's come Um, i can just really focus on composition and just everything will be in focus pretty much as long as you're using the proper shutter speed and proper technique whatnot so right right yeah Mm -hmm. even just in a few years just camera technology in general too it's like astounding it's crazy Mm -hmm. the only thing that annoys me about the r5 is the I think this is a canon problem in general is the auto white balance system. I, I just really don't like it. Never gives me the colors I want. Um, so for this Florida trip, I set the Kelvin value each time. I actually like the results better. So, so wait, so you're shooting in raw, but you set the white balance. Yeah. Um, because I mean, you can obviously change the white balance in a raw editor, but I find it's better to get it as close in camera, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of preserve those colors. Um, so I'll just manually set the Kelvin um, on each shoot now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I find it works out pretty well. So. Huh. I know. I mean, I've never asked any other like wildlife photographer or any photographer for that matter. But yeah, that's something new. Never heard of it. From from what I've heard, most people use auto white balance, but I've just never been happy with what Canon does with auto white balance. Yeah, I think it's each camera manufacturer kind of lends itself to a certain temperature. I think that's what I've heard. If I mm-hmm. if I could be wrong, but I think like someone like Fujifilm does a like a I think cooler one and like Nikon's warmer. I think Canon's on the more cool side. Like each mm-hmm. each one kind of pink too. More e- magenta. Yeah, more yes, more magenta and stuff. Yeah. So it's like each like camera mm-hmm. developer or manufacturer has their own kind of like I don't know what you call mm-hmm. it. Just preference. Or just how it turns out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Canon has a wide variety of clients too, so I think portraits are come to mind a lot with auto white balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not always optimized for nature photography. So uh, that's been a, it's been a pretty good thing to kind of learn to dial that in. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. get the, get the white balance you want. So. Yeah. That's a good point to, to raise there, especially when you have that many thousands of images to look through too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. So what are some like good takeaways from this trip? Like what were things you learned? I mean, besides your gear getting damaged, like what's some good takeaways from it? Um, well, I think, um, I think it's important to get there. If you're doing a, a, a Florida trip, uh, I think it's really important to get to your location way before sunrise and, uh, way before sunset. Uh, way before sunrise, you're able to position yourself, uh, get into the spot you want, uh, maybe get some early blue hour shots, uh, maybe get some early morning landscapes, um, and you're just kind of able to look at the area. Um, 
And then at sunset, you know, by getting there early, you start to catch that early golden light. Um, and you've got, you know, a couple hours of opportunity even before the main sunset comes in. So you really got to get there early. Last minute shoots never really work out in Florida, I found. You know, I tried that a couple times um, on my first couple days and I would just miss the miss the sunset or uh, because, you know, once it gets to that part where it starts to become, you know, really soft, uh, it, it's like five minutes and it's gone. So you just got to be there. You got to be ready um, and kind of shooting all the way up to that. So mm-hmm. that's a good point to raise. Yeah. Especially if you're going to someplace new or newer or a place that you're like unfamiliar with location wise, like, you know, mm-hmm. feel free. And like you said, with the sunny days you had like at high noon light, you could just like scout around or just enjoy I mean, just being there at all, of course, but yeah, you could scout around, see like what's mm-hmm. the bird life's looking like, or even like locations where you think the light will look pretty nice, you know, later on in the day or at morning mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And that that's one thing I did with planning too, is I, I looked at Google earth and I figured out where the sun would rise, like the specific location, where would it, where it would set. So I knew the best beaches, the best locations for the type of lighting I wanted. Uh, and that was really helpful. So Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I, I can't stress enough is like researching, like before you go on a trip. I mean, it's fun to go in blind and a little bit or just, you know, with like the tortoise situation. It's like that was like probably a surprise to you a little bit um, in that photo mm-hmm. opportunity. But like, yeah, just doing your research and trying to get the best shots you can get from what you've learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and one more subject. Um, there were a ton of lizards on the island. Um, so I, I played around with that, too. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cool. I can't really ID any of them. I'm, it's not really my thing, but I'm definitely going to look them up, mm-hmm. uh, kind of see what I got. But there were some pretty big ones. It, it was fun. Did you shoot them kind of closer in like a more macro style or you're doing like wider angle? I did like macro stuff. Okay. So Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's neat to hear all this like variety of wildlife. Like, because I know up here in Ohio, it's like mostly birds, I would say, or just kind of mammals. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you're getting lots of different cool stuff down there too. Yeah, and there's also uh, crabs that climb the mangrove trees. Hmm. I'm really getting shots of it, but they're they're fun to watch. These little crabs. I didn't even know crabs crabs could climb trees. Super unique. <laughs> yeah, that's news to me. I've never heard of that. Yeah, mangroves are just so cool. I, I'm I'm a mangrove enthusiast. I mean, they're <laughs> they literally form entire islands, um, and they just they're just probably my favorite tree. I'm a big tree guy and mangroves are on the top of my list. So. <laughs> it's yeah. That's cool. Mangrove enthusiast. <laughs> I honestly am. Like you know how like Scott Keys is a native plant enthusiast? I'm a, I'm a mangrove enthusiast. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Start start taking them and growing them up here. Uh-huh. That'd be cool though. Oh, honestly. Well, you need salt water. That's that's the problem. Yeah. What are some kind of the warblers? I'm just thinking of this now. You know, you said you saw the parula. Were there, what kind of warblers did you see? So I, I made the decision after the first day um, because of the variety of um, shorebirds and how hard it was to get warblers. Like it would take – I was out for five, four or five hours and I only saw two. Oh, wow. Um, so I just made the decision to – you know, because I, I was there a while, but I didn't really have time to – dive super into the warblers so i pretty much just after the first day just focused on the the beach stuff and the the wetland stuff so mm-hmm. um i only saw the perula and the viri okay uh, which is which is fine i was you know i'm obviously we're, we're going the biggest week and 
uh, even right before I left, I, I had a warbler shoot. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to be living and breathing the next couple of months. So I just decided <laughs> to focus on more of those uh, Florida species and, you know, just trust that I'll, I'll see a lot of warblers soon. So, yeah. And that's a good way to go about it. I'd say, yeah, you're, you're, you're shooting the type of species that like is, I don't know if you call it more specialized, but more, I guess, suited to that, you know, time of year and just your habitat and where you're at too. Um, and you're right. Mm-hmm. The warblers will definitely be here and, uh, it's going oh, yeah. to be a good time. Yep. Um, and you know, it's, I think I missed the peak week by just one week. So I think a lot of them had already migrated up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if I was there a week earlier, I would have heard and seen a lot more, but right. your trip, that's fine. Your tri- yeah, I, I was able to focus more. Yeah, that's fair. Your trip was like in mid-March, right? Yeah, I mean, I got back yesterday, so. Okay, yeah. Early no, so yeah, it was April. Early so. early April, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I think mid-March um, would have probably been the best for warblers, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Yeah, but I mean, it's like literally I'm, I'm so happy with the trip. It's probably my favorite photography trip I've ever done. Um, so, it, I mean, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely already planning. I don't think I'll go back to the island anytime soon just because of the expense. Like I went with my parents this time and I, I can't really afford to go myself just because, you know, it's a, a ferry and everything. Um, but I think if I go to Florida again, I'll probably base myself out of Cape Coral. Yeah, do a bunch of burrowing owl stuff and, you know, kind of go around that area. So mm-hmm. that sounds good. Yeah. Seeing the burrowing owls, it's like well worth the trip. Mm-hmm. Well worth yeah. the expense alone, at least. Yeah. I mean, if you can just stay in a city in Florida, you know, just you don't have to get a good hotel and you can just shoot. I mean, it's, it's a long drive, but um, maybe you and I even someday we could drive down there, you know, <laughs> split the hours and shoot it up. <laughs> Shoot it up. <laughs> no, that sounds a little weird. Shoot up. The... No, no, I, 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 I agree. No, this this sounds great, man. Yeah, it sounds like you had a great time. Um, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing the photos too. Um, Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, you're a great storyteller for it. Sounds like it was a good time. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to get all the photos edited. It's going to be a while because I have a huge backlog, but mm-hmm. I'm going to put Florida at the top of my list. So. Right, and you'll roll them out over the next weeks to come or months even. I don't know how long it'll take. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be waiting uh-huh. for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll try to put one out this week, at least one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned it, but nice segue into our biggest week trip. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the next thing on our horizon. We're, we're both super excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be here before you know it. Uh-huh. Did, you, did you end up watching that video, Ryan? Uh, we'll, I'll even link that down below. Uh, if anybody's interested that that biggest week video yeah that was that was great to hear uh someone so great yeah they broke down like the different species they had picked of course they had photos to accompany it but like they talked about the birds and like like just more characteristics about them and uh yeah it was a really cool video about just it's mainly centered around mcgee marsh in particular but um they talked all about you know lake erie and the biggest week in general yeah it's it's gonna be great and we'll we'll do a lot of content and of course a lot of photos and a lot of video and it'll be great so. yeah a lot of great experiences mm-hmm. yep and we got some great guests coming soon uh, all, all kinds of different variety of shooters and yeah lots of good stuff coming up so yeah thank you so much for listening and watching everyone and uh see you in the next episode thank you
Thank you so much for watching the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.